Bouncing ball fielded to the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding. Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. The right guard. Still going to the four yard line. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Welcome in to another week's episode of the Front Five Football Podcast. Your hosts, Audrey Mallows and Colton Cull. Audrey, how's it going this week? It's going very good. Thank you, sir. Um, excited to review another week of NFL action and again, give some more love to those big guys up front. Barber interception. McGarrett Blunt remains the back for Josh Freeman. Freeman looks, throws, that's a touchdown. Donald Penn on a tackle eligible play. And on to the next in our, our first segment here. Going to talk about the injuries again in each conference, AFC, NFC injuries. Uh, post week four, uh, heading into week five. And uh, Audrey, let's start with the AFC this week. No problem, sir. So I'm going to start with an injury that we've been tracking for the last couple of weeks. Um, and that is, uh, Stanley from the Baltimore Ravens, the left tackle there. Um, he is still currently out there expecting him to be back soon. They've also got, um, another injury with, uh, Makari, who is, uh, someone who'd been filling in for Stanley, um, at left tackle, um, to a point where they actually even ended up starting their fourth string player at left tackle this week against the Bills. Chargers have placed Rashawn Slater on IR. Again, I know that's another injury we've been following um, because of his bicep injury. So he may be back for uh, the late season return, but we'll wait and see on that one. And finally, from the New York Jets, we have tackle Max Mitchell um, suffered a dislocation in his knee and is going to miss several weeks. And when it says miss several weeks, I've got a feeling that's going to be a little bit more than that. Breaking down the NFC injuries here, some of the notables... Going to start with Cody Whitehair, guard for the Chicago Bears, seven-year veteran, second-round pick. Uh, he is questionable as of as of Monday uh, with a knee injury and uh, going to miss some time. It sounds like, but uh, but Cody Whitehair out for the Chicago Bears, uh, questionable. Sorry, uh, potentially we'll see if he's out for the Bears heading to Week Five. Moving on, L.A. Rams guard Coleman Shelton. Uh, fifth-year player out of Washington. He uh, got injured early in the game, uh, had an ankle. He was ruled out for the remainder of that game last night. I think he played somewhere around a quarter of the, the snaps early on. Um, I don't know if it was late first quarter, early second quarter when he went out with that uh, ankle injury. But he's listed questionable, so we'll see where, where that status uh, moves in the week. And then last notable would be the New York Giants, Evan Neal, uh, first-round pick rookie there that this Starting tackle number 73, and uh, late in the game, he had a neck injury, and he's also questionable for Sunday's game against the Bears coming up uh, this weekend. So kind of three injuries there. Do want to make a, a shout-out. It's not an injury, but do want to highlight, uh, if anyone saw, the uh, Cardinals' Will Hernandez was ejected after making contact with an official late in the third quarter, went kind of through a ref to shove a player. And obviously made pretty substantial contact with that referee and was was ejected from the game. And you know what, Colton? That's almost as good as an injury, isn't it, in terms of the impact it will have on your team? Because you're going to miss at least a week if you push a ref. So, yeah, definitely bad news and, and shouldn't be getting involved in things like that. Exactly. 
Moving on to the next segment here, I'm going to break down our, our worst, our best, and our honorable mentions of the week for offensive lines across our conferences. And Audrey, let's start with the AFC this week. No problem. And I'm going to start with a team that made a big splash in the offseason because of the superstar quarterback they, they brought in, but doesn't seem to have helped their O-line much as I've actually got them as the worst O-line this week. And I'm talking about the Denver Broncos. Admittedly, they did have three starters out. So that puts a bit more pressure on the sixth year tackle, Garrett Bowles. Um, they gave up three sacks for 23 yards. They had four O-line penalties. Um, and as you know, all listeners of the show would know at this point in the season that I'm quite big on my third down stats because I think the O-line plays a massive part in the conversion rate. Hey, I may be wrong. Let me know. But, uh, I think I'm, uh, all set on that one and they only had 27 percent uh, conversion on third down so that's what makes them my worst team of the week going to move on now to my special mention and again this is another team that i've mentioned quite a lot this year and i think for good reason and that is the los angeles Chargers. so we all know as mentioned earlier they are down starting left tackle uh, rashawn slater but the good news is they've got a rookie who's come in and uh, more than adequately filled the position in Jamari Sayer to a point where he even made it into the top five rookies this week on Good Morning Football. So we know what a great job he's doing coming in there and, and standing in at left tackle. They're also led by a ninth year center, Corey Lindsay. He's keeping that discipline and communication along the line. Only gave up one sack for two yards, only one penalty um, and managed to get 421 yards of total offense. That leads me on to my best team of the week and it pains me to mention this team because as much as I hate the Patriots I probably hate this team more just because of how good they are and that's the only reason and that's the Kansas City Chiefs and um, they did give up three sacks but zero penalties on the O-line 70% on third down uh, over 400 yards of offense um, and that's a line that includes uh, left tackle <laughs> sorry that's a line that includes left tackle Orlando Brown Jr fifth year player out of Oklahoma that's number 57 for all of those wanting to see who it is Joe Thunny former third round pick by New England uh, now in his seventh year number 62 center Creed Humphrey number 52 second year out of Oklahoma bit of a theme there they must love their Oklahoma ballers right guard Trey Smith Suffered a peck injury on Sunday, um, so we'll see whether he's going to be back in the lineup next week. That's number 65, uh, also a second-year player from the sixth round. And uh, finishing off at right tackle with uh, Andrew Wiley, number 77, uh, guard. He's actually a guard who's playing right tackle, um, and he's in his fifth year in the league out of Eastern Michigan. How about the NFC, sir? Yes, jumping into the NFC was not easy to make some of these choices. There was a couple close for the worst, and couple close for my best of the week but I've got that honorable mention to uh, throw in as well so that that helped but starting with my worst of the week in the NFC for uh, offensive line that's going to go to the LA Rams last night's game if anyone saw lots of sacks their quarterback was was sacked uh, seven times 54 yards I think he was uh, hit 11 times and maybe hurried 15 or so but pretty awful performance there for the Rams and as I've mentioned in, in prior weeks, kind of a, a complete repatching of an offensive line compared to what was in the Super Bowl, given some, some players, uh, retiring, leaving, uh, getting traded and then, uh, some injuries. But the bright side for them is, is, uh, a second, a, a rookie out of Iowa that was undrafted, uh, made his second career start and he's played in, in all snaps for the second straight game. 
uh, played a lot in that week two game, but Alaric Jackson, number 77. And, you know, that, that's what you're going to get when you've got an undrafted rookie starting and playing, you know, every snap, you're going to have some bad performances, but hopefully for, for the Rams sake, that line starts to improve and, and young guys like him with some playing time and some film room, uh, reviewing the games, there's some improvement, hopefully, uh, coming for that Rams offense that is probably really nervous right now. Moving on to my best of the week, that same game, Monday night football, Rams and 49ers. My best of the week is the San Francisco 49ers. Now this is a offensive line that in the game, they actually had seven different offensive line playing. There were some injuries, nothing super notable, but you had at, at one point in the game, Aaron Banks guard uh, actually played the whole game. Mike McGlinchey uh, played the entire game and Jake Brendel played the entire game at center. But then uh, the four that kind of mixed in and, and had some plays throughout the game, Colton uh, McKivitz, Spencer Buford, Daniel Brunskill and Jalen Moore all played in, uh, in that game for the 49ers and, and they gave up no sacks and one penalty on the offensive line, but five for 12 on third down conversions and a pretty balanced attack with 88 yards rushing, uh, 239 yards of, of, uh, passing, but it was a, a very good performance by that offensive line. Uh, honorable mention this week is going to go to the Seattle Seahawks. Now this was a, a shootout game they had against the uh, the Detroit Lions. Wasn't a lot of great defense going on, uh, but the Seahawks uh, did well. They had a couple offensive line penalties, but uh, had great clock possession, time of possession in the game. Uh, 75% uh, on third down conversions, 9 of 12. Extremely balanced attack at 235 yards rushing, 320 yards passing, and uh, no sacks given up. So really good performance despite playing uh, the Detroit Lions, whose defense has given up uh, the most points in the NFL so far this year, uh, but just a, a very dominant performance by the, that offensive line. And yeah, just a uh, just to kind of note, very healthy uh, Seattle Seahawks front there. Uh, Abraham Lucas at tackle, Charles Cross at tackle, Austin Bly, Damian Lewis, and Gabe Jackson uh, all played really well. Uh, Charles Cross, do note. He is a rookie, first-round pick out of Mississippi State, went ninth overall this year, uh, playing left tackle. So uh, number 67, Charles Cross, little shout-out there. He was a part of that front five that uh, completely dominated the uh, the Detroit Lions defense and on the ground and, and protecting uh, that passing game. Uh, but he's played in now every snap so far his rookie year. Something to, to mention, to, to point out, he started all four games and uh, – with, with performances like last week and, and continuing to build on those, uh, expect that first round pick to be a big part of, uh, Seattle's offense. Um, and that, that kind of rounds out, uh, my, my notables for the week. Did I hear you right? Did you say Damian Lewis? So he's gone from starring in Homeland to being, uh, on the offensive line for the Seattle Seahawks. Exactly right. He went from Homeland, I believe in between Homeland and the Seahawks, he was with, for, he was he was on billions. He was Bobby Axelrod on billions. So yeah, he went from <laughs> yes, he went from Homeland to billions to the Seattle Seahawks offensive line. That's impressive, <laughs> isn't it? Twenty yards in third down situations on this drive, and Brady. He's got Nate Solder his tackle, and he's in for the touchdown. And yeah, jumping into the uh, the final segment here, looking ahead to Week Five. 
Audrey, we'll start with the AFC. Any any matchups or any games that you're looking forward to seeing and how those offensive lines in the AFC are playing next week? In the words of a commentator from a, a different sport entirely, I've managed to find what I believe are going to be two slobber knockers. Uh, we have the Chiefs versus the Raiders on Monday Night Football. That'll be a great game to watch. There's so many different components involved in that, but it'll also be interesting to see how both of those o-lines hold up so we we know about the chiefs obviously i mentioned them uh, earlier as my best team this week so will they be able to hold up against what is a really good raiders d-line um, and then the second one uh, which has the potential to be a, a high scoring barn burner and that is the browns versus the chargers um, and that's in the early window on sunday thank you yeah a lot of good games to uh look forward to there for the afc looking at the nfc here definitely some some games to keep an eye out on I will say, firstly, the Dallas Cowboys and L.A. Rams is a game I'm curious to see how the L.A. offense holds up against that pass rush from the Cowboys. Another game looking forward to is the division matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Curious to see how the Tampa Bay offense can, the offensive line can protect their quarterback after a week where there was a lot of pressure on their quarterback. Also, Detroit Lions playing the New England Patriots. That is a, a game I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing how that Lions offensive line can can play against the, the Patriots defense who, who shut down the Green Bay Packers uh, to a pretty good degree, took them in overtime uh, with a third-string quarterback. So that's another matchup that I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out with the Lions going into New England to play the Patriots. Nice work. And the Atlanta Falcons, I've got a Falcons fun fact for you. That wasn't easy to say, hence why I said it so slowly, but something that came up on uh, Red Zone with the great Scott Hansen this week, and that is the Atlanta Falcons were one of two teams uh, going into Sunday, and also including Sunday, that had scored at least 28 points uh, in all of their games this year. Wow, that's a, a really good fun fact to have. Jumping over to finish out the the, the show this week, Going to kind of highlight where the four games through the year head into week five and see who our best performing offensive line of the season are so far. And, and, uh, Audrey, do you have one there picked out in the AFC? Of course. I wouldn't be very good at my job now if I didn't. <laughs> so I'm going to dive in with the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, you've heard me talk about them a lot this year, and I think for very good reason. And um, They've only conceded five O-line penalties all year across uh, the first four weeks. Uh, they're seventh in total offense. Um, look at their quarterback's numbers, um, and you can see how great that O-line excuse me, is playing. And I think the big thing for me it is that penalties because that screams discipline across all of the O-line. Only five penalties in four weeks. Just digest that for a minute and think about how many times you see a flag thrown during a game and the fact that it's only happened uh, on average just uh, like about 1.2 times a game on that O-line. Yes, I'll agree. That's that's some really good clean football by the offensive line and that's a great uh, choice to, to have as your, your best of the season so far. And looking at the NFC, I'm going to have to give it to a team that started out week one pretty awful, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, since week one, they've been amazing after that, that bad performance, filling in with a backup quarterback. And, and without a doubt, this Dallas offense and this Dallas team wouldn't be where they're at sitting three and one without the excellent play these last three weeks from that offensive line. 
really moving the ball well in the running game, cleaned up the penalties and cleaned up the sacks. And, and it's been a, a, a really good go for that offensive line the last three weeks. And as their quarterback gets healthy and might return, curious to see if, if this offense goes to another level. But uh, Dallas Cowboys so far through four weeks are my offensive line of the week or offensive line of the season so far for the NFC. An interesting pick, buddy, because I was just doing a, a quick bit of tapping away while while you were going through that there. And uh, I saw that Dallas are actually 26th in total offense, but we're still saying that their offensive line rocks, but the rest of their offense, maybe not so much. Huh? Getting it, the offensive line is, is moving that moving that team ahead. If if it wasn't for like I said those those five uh, guys that are that are playing there on the offensive line, you probably wouldn't have a three and one team, you know, with a backup quarterback and and running the ball as well. I think where where they're falling behind in total offense has got to be uh, the passing game, and that could be the backup quarterback only playing as I think now fourth or maybe fifth start in the NFL. So there is uh, a lot of case to be made that. Uh, this team is three and one because of those front five. And that's where if, if they continue to play this well and they get their quarterback who can back, who can, uh, move the ball down the field quickly, make big plays and, and, and uh, get that offense to the, the dynamic offense we've seen the last few seasons. I think, uh, that could be good for Dallas. Fair enough. I will uh, watch with bated breath and, and fair play if they, they do go on to to be one of the best O-lines because I know that historically they have had a great O-line there. So uh, fair play for, for picking those through the first four weeks. Thank you, Audrey. Yes. And that rounds out the show. Thank you for tuning in to our week four recap. And Audrey, any last words for our fans, for our listeners? I'll catch you on the flip side, y'all. <laughs> Motion is Andre Johnson. Mariota play action. Goes underneath. It's caught. This is Taylor Lewan. Surprise, surprise. And look at the big.